0: The Exodus story is probably one of the best-known stories in the Old Testament. As I mentioned last week, it's been the subject of spectacular films, everything from Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments made in 1956 to the 1998 animation by DreamWorks called The Prince of Egypt and more recently the 2014 biblical epic Exodus, Gods and Kings. But as we know, the story is much, much older, and it's not just about one person, but about a people, a people and their journey. And I think it's important for us to realise that this was a multifaceted journey. Yes, it was a physical journey from Egypt into the desert, but it was also a journey from slavery to freedom, a journey from a broken-spirited people to a people of hope. A journey from being a people who had forgotten the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to a people who realised that God's presence was among them. And although it was something that they had to learn to do again and again, they finally became a people who turned back to God and put their faith in him. Chapter 1 of Exodus speaks of an enslaved people who possess nothing. But as we move through their story, we hear of these same people bringing gifts of gold, silver and jewellery in abundance. The items given to them by the Egyptians to rush them out of Egypt. Their gift giving is so joyful and willing that Moses eventually has to ask the people to stop presenting their gifts because there was more than enough to do what God had called them to do. And what he had called them to do is to build. To build the tabernacle, the tented building which would house the tablets bearing the commandments, which had been given to Moses on the mountaintop. And so the tabernacle would symbolise God's presence among the people, no longer remote. But first came the instructions. Now let's be honest, there are certain parts of the Bible that are just a little less interesting than others. The long family genealogies where we read that so-and-so begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so and on and on. And I imagine that many of us just quickly skim those names. But it isn't just lists of names that we might be inclined to skim over there are those very particular detailed laws in the book of Leviticus. And what about the book of Numbers with all those, well, numbers? Now I mention this because almost a third of the chapters of the book of Exodus is a bit like that, with very detailed instructions not only about how the tabernacle has to be built, the types of wood used, etc., but also what the furnishings were to be, the priestly garments, and even a recipe for incense. And in the midst of all the fine print and details, we meet two craftsmen, Bezalel of the tribe of Judah, and Oholiab of the tribe of Dan. Now, we don't know much about the two main figures, but we do know about their family members, And we know that they were skilled artisans. But we also read something else that is significant. Bezalel is called by God to his task. We also read that he is filled with the Spirit of God, reminding us that he is doing God's work. But even Bezalel, with his divine calling and with all his skill, couldn't do it alone. Nor was he expected to. He needed a companion, a co-worker, a colleague. And so Oholiab was called too. Now, don't think that these two men alone would construct everything from the tent to the Ark of the Covenant that would house the stone tablets to the lampstand, the table, the altars, the clothes and prepare the first batches of incense. There would be more who would contribute to bringing God's mission to fruition. Now, as I read this section of Exodus, it made me realise that this is the way it's always been, not up to the one or the two or even the few, but it being about team effort. It made me think of Paul's imagery in 1 Corinthians 12, where we are reminded that we as the church as god's people as the body of christ are one body with many parts and everyone is important everyone with something to contribute in our church here there are jobs that need to get done and at the moment we need someone to come and work alongside our session clerk jenny In the coming weeks and months, we will need a new treasurer as Dave steps down from the role. But he tells us he would be willing to offer training to the next person. We will also need someone to coordinate the free will offering envelopes. And I encourage you to prayerfully consider if one of these roles is something you could undertake or indeed, if you know someone not necessarily a member of the church who would be willing to take on the financial role of treasurer. I speak of this now because we are struggling to fill these roles, as are many other churches, and also because we are entering a season of change within the church. It's becoming urgent. In the coming weeks, we will be looking at this in more detail as we are asked by our presbytery, who are drawing up a plan which will outline the future of each congregation in our area, to consider the future of our church and our buildings as we look through the lens of five marks of mission agreed by this year's General Assembly. And what are those five marks of mission? Well, they are to proclaim the good news of the Kingdom, to teach, baptise and nurture new believers, to respond to human need by loving service, to seek to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind and pursue peace and reconciliation, and to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. Now, as we reflect on the reading from Exodus, perhaps the most significant teaching of all is that with the tabernacle, God is no longer the faraway holy other on the mountaintop. God is with the people, day by day, as they journey. And for us as Christians, we give thanks that in the person of Jesus Christ, God, Emmanuel, Has come to be with us. And more than that, Jesus promises through the Spirit to be with us, to teach us, to comfort, to guide us and give us hope. As we continue our own journeys through life with our challenges, with our highs and with our lows, as we journey as a congregation with our challenges, highs and lows, the good news is that we are not alone. As a church, we are surrounded by fellow pilgrims and we are invited to join our creative gifts together just as we are invited to join our creative gifts to what God is doing in the world. A while back, I heard a story about a Roman aqueduct in Segovia, Spain. It was built around 109 AD And for 1800 years it carried cool water from the mountains to the hot and thirsty city. Nearly 60 generations of men, women and children drank from its flow. Then came another generation, a new generation who said, this aqueduct is so great a marvel that it ought to be preserved for our children as a museum piece. We shall relieve it of its centuries-long labour. And they did. They laid modern pipes. They gave the ancient bricks and mortar a well deserved rest. The result of which was that the aqueduct began to fall apart. What ages of service could not destroy, idleness disintegrated. May we not be like this ancient aqueduct. We need need each member contributing together to keep moving towards the mission God has given to us. We need to be willing to do the work God calls us to do. We need to support each other in this endeavour because we are the body of Christ, each with specific gifts given by God to fulfil his mission. May we work together to be the body of Christ the world needs to see at this time. May we learn to choose to serve willingly, as did Bezalel and Oholiab, and countless unnamed others, not in only in their day, but in all the generations since. And may we come to a point where the presenting of our gifts become more than enough to do what God has called us to do.